Hey there, welcome to Shoot the Flick. I'm Frankie Sparks. And I'm Scott Eisenberg. And we are a married couple who like to shoot the shit about movies. That we do. That we do. And this week we are continuing with our So Bad It's Good question mark month. <laughs> no. Uh, last week we were privileged enough to have our good friend Wyatt on to talk to us about Chicken Little. The Disney classic Chicken Little. <laughs> I feel like the sky is still falling. Oh no. Um, but this week we are continuing down the rabbit hole, so to speak, with the chicken hole, with uh, another bastardization of a childhood classic. <laughs> uh, it, Scott, what what bad, so bad it's bad, bad movie did you pick for us to watch today? No, no slow down here. I didn't pick this. Well, it was on your list. Uh, well, it wasn't on my list. Well, I put it on your list because <laughs> you've seen it and I haven't. Scott, what is it? Tell us. Tell the people what you've done. We picked M. Night Shyamalan's. Shyamalan. Shyamalan Ding Dongs. <laughs> Avatar The Last Airbender. Released in 2010. Now, the reason that Scott, m- me, I, we picked this movie to watch is because, A, it fits the format. So, really, this is all Scott's fault because he watched this movie for some reason all on his own. What a fool he is. But, B, we picked this because on Shoot the Flick, we have discussed all three seasons of the infamous animated series avatar the last airbender so i thought let's really bring it on home in the gutter (laughs) by watching the movie that they made about it because that's a good idea the best idea it's bad movie month kids (sighs) so scott Tell us, because I think all inquiring minds want to know, just so we can gauge your level of sanity, why did you watch this ever before now? Um, well, let's see. I was in college. I loved the series. It was like, okay, let's see what this movie's about. It's not even like, it's bad. Yes. It, it's bad. It's boring. It's angering. There's so many stupid mistakes that you're like, why did we have to make these mistakes? My argument for this, if you were going to make these into movies... Do it well. Well, A, do it well. B, what you should be doing is you should be doing two movies per book. Because yeah, really, that's like the Hollywood eyes like goldmine that really they should have been looking towards. I think every season of Avatar The Last Airbender is like 22 episodes, give or take. That's a lot of time, (laughs) and it's nearly impossible to fit all of the character development, which there is a lot of great character development in this series, into an hour and a half. It seemed like M. Night was more focused on making a war movie than he ever was about making a film about characters that you care about and family dynamics, friendship dynamics, you know, that's what made the show good. The characters. Not only that, stupid things like the pronunciations. Oh God, we'll get there. <laughs> like you sit there and you watch this movie and you just go, why? Well, it was clearly a purposeful thing. I think also, again, with M. Night being at the head of this thing, it was an effort to make it sound more adult or serious to change the pronunciations and make them sound I guess in his land in that brain of his it sounded less Americanized if we just changed pronunciations of certain things I don't know but you made the Inuit characters white yeah you made <laughs> that's the I mean the casting T that is involved with this movie is its own, like, we're going to talk about that because it's so insane. It's so bad. So th- this movie was mired with controversy pretty much from the word go. It's obviously based on Avatar The Last Airbender, the series, which is like 
universally beloved. The creators of the series were executive producers on the movie and were very, very, very unsatisfied with the finished product, which is a bummer. Although there is, I believe, a new live action series coming to Netflix along with an animated sequel movie trilogy. So that's good. I have faith in those things. Despite the fact that this movie was terrible, it didn't sully the whole Avatar, The Last Airbender name. You know, people are still very excited about content coming out of this franchise. The thing about, like, trying to remake this franchise, it just... It's almost like they're trying to do something that shouldn't be done. Because the new Netflix show that's supposed to come out, they've already separated from that project. The creators of this show for creative differences. So it's just like... Does this have fans? Every bad movie is someone's favorite movie. Does this have fans? I don't know if this has fans. I'm literally going to look up Letterboxd right now and find like the best review I can find. But you continue talking. It just seems like the world is amazing and I would love to spend more time in this world. But also, I'm afraid that spending more time in this world might get scary if we can't figure it out. (laughs) So I just hope with Avatar Studios, like they take their time and they actually build a good story and it works really well. So I did find a couple of five-star reviews. Jesus. One of them for sure was ironic, but uh, I I did find a decent four-star review from Letterboxd user IKSVECJART. So lots of letters and then art. A visually breathtaking oddity. The movie's strengths are admittedly not as an adaptation, nor as traditional narrative, but when you let the images flow through you, my god, this is powerful. So <laughs> so basically, all the average to decent reviews I did find, which are very few on Letterboxd, come off as, you know, the storytelling and characters are shit, but the visuals, oh, the visuals. And it's like, the visuals aren't terrible, but like, the CGI is used a lot, and you can't hang your hat on visual effects to make a good movie because they are ever-changing and most of the time don't hold up. So, so. let me let me just go into this. Sure. Oddity of uh, visuals. <laughs> this visual oddity. The only set that's even remotely impressive is the ice castle at the end. Besides that, nothing is really that impressive. I I don't know what they're talking about. I don't know. Like, there's nothing like that's good where you go, wow, that's stunning to look at. Oh boy. So, getting into our fun facts here. Uh, As we mentioned, it's written and directed by M. Night Shyamalan. He also co-produced the film. He was originally slated to do an entire trilogy. And you can tell that they were building up to a sequel because the last scene of the movie is introducing Azula as the villain. But that went nowhere because it was scrapped after the movie performed terribly and got awful reviews. I wonder why. (laughs) The budget was $150 million. Jesus fucking Christ. Which, given all the CGI that was used, it makes sense. However, that does not include the additional $130 million that was spent on advertising. (laughs) And I don't think it even includes the 3D conversion money, which equates to like $5 to $10 million. So a lot of money was thrown at this fucking film. Probably because Nickelodeon was like, oh, this is like our most popular TV show ever. All the kids love Avatar. Oh, by the way, we can't call it Avatar because the Blue People Avatar just came out. So we'll just call it The Last Airbender. Okay, cool. Cool, man. It had a worldwide gross of $320 million. So it it definitely did not make all the money back. It had a Rotten Tomato score of 5% with critics. Not 15, not 50 (laughs) <laughs> That's generous even for me. Yeah, and 30% with audiences. So I guess they were a little more forgiving. Well, clearly, you know, the visuals are so breathtaking. The movie completely took over the Razzie Awards that year. It had a total of nine nominations and five wins, including Worst Picture, 
beating out films such as Twilight Eclipse and Vampires Suck. It was very vampire-y time to be alive back then in 2010. Um, I forgot about that fucking movie. But it also won for worst screenplay, worst director, worst eye-gouging use of 3D, which is a thing, I guess. Um, and it also won for worst supporting actor. We had two nominees for worst supporting actor. The guy that plays Sokka, oh, excuse me, Soka so- in the movie, won, rightfully so. We're going to talk about his fucking performance. I, I don't even, I don't even know, guys. I'm scared to talk about this. I, I, I fear for my safety and my mental health, but we're going to do it. Oh, God. Uh. I loved the show. If, if you would rather listen to our review of the show, you can do that. We have three separate episodes for three separate seasons of the good show that this is based on. I mean, listen to this because we're going to make fun of it and it's going to be funny listening to us try not to kill ourselves. But then if you need a little pick me up afterwards, feel free to go listen to those episodes where we talk about the show. Indeed. So should we get into this nitty and this gritty? Sure. (sighs) So we start out this... $150 $150 million movie. Oh, no. With four benders doing oh, yeah, their it's thing. yeah, like the intro of the show. Water. Earth. Fire. Air. And this is the best the bending looks in the entire movie. Yeah. Honestly, after this, you can shut off the movie and walk out. I mean, uh, you're better off just not watching it at all. Then we start off with the Katara narration. Now, the show starts off with that, too. We have Katara introduce us to this world. This Katara is nothing compared to Mae Whitman. Oh, no, of course not. I mean, Jesus Christ. I feel. Do we even have to say that? No one in this movie does as well as the original voice actors. Even the one person in this movie that actually is trying to give a decent performance, which we will talk about. No one can compare to the original actors. Okay. Blanket statement. Continue. She tells us basically, oh, the Fire Nation attack took over the world, blah, 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 blah. One day, she's out hunting with her brother, Soka. She's lifting a water bubble because she's a water bender. Right. She bends the water and things. She bends the water. It wasn't bad. It looks okay. You know, it's dropping water. It looks okay. And then she drops the water. And her brother, Soka... Oh, my God. ...stands up and goes, Oh, you got me wet. He's as dry as a bone. (laughs) It really is a great start to our film here, guys. So, just to keep us all in the loop here, Katara is played by a young lady named Nicola Peltz. She was 15 years old at the time of the film's release. Most of these actors, at least the kid actors, are only known for like one other thing. So Nicola Peltz, acting-wise, is only known for this and for playing Mark Wahlberg's overly hot for her age teen daughter in one of the Transformers sequels. Oh my god. She's the fucking one. That, that has like the, the obnoxious blonde hair. No, and... no, no, no. But she's the one that they have the whole discussion about. Like, because she's dating like a 19 year old. And she's like 16 or 17. Yeah. And they have the whole like, oh, it's it's okay. It's the Romeo Juliet law. It's the whole argument in the Transformers series. I remember this. Oh, that's great. <laughs> that's great. Oh my god. Uh, we're off to a great start. Okay. <laughs> And then we have uh, Sokka, excuse me, Soka, played by Jackson Rathbone. And um, he's only known for this and as Jasper in the Twilight movies. Don't ask me who that is because I never watched Twilight a day in my life. But um, fun fact, when we watched this movie, it, it actually just wasn't me and Scott. It was our friend Carolina who was in town and she was here and she watched the movie with us. And we got a little tipsy just to make it fun somewhat fun for ourselves and she when she saw the guy playing soka she said is that cole sprouse that's like no that is not cole sprouse i don't think she was being serious but i was just like she's like who brought cole sprouse into this movie i was like oh no Sokka and katara in the original series they're based off inuits 
Yes. The Southern Water Tribe, which is where they're from, were in the original show based off of the Inuit people who are not white. <laughs> no. But uh, Nicola Peltz is white. Jackson Rathbone, white. They are stark white. <laughs> and their grandma, of course, because she's their grandma, is white. And then everyone else is Inuit or uh, at least of Asian descent, all these other actors. So it just stands out like a sore thumb, like a very sore, infected thumb. It's, it's bad. It's bad. But um, as far as Sokka is concerned, also, I did want to mention there was another actor that was offered the role but couldn't do it because of scheduling conflicts. Um, Zac Efron auditioned for the role of Soka, and uh, he, he didn't do it, I'm assuming, because of Charlie St. Cloud, because that came out the same year as, as this movie. Um, but this was post-High School Musical. So don't worry, kids. If he had gotten the role, it wouldn't have affected our uh, amazing trilogy of High School Musical. But again, white. Why, why so white? <laughs> we'll talk about it. There's the there's the, there's the rub. Um, so they're traipsing through the Arctic, and as you do, but they find a light under the ice. So they think their bright idea is to take Sokka's not boomerang. It's it, a boomerang. It's not a boomerang. It's a he s- throws it and then it go it goes all away and comes back. It's a hooked thing. It's a boomerang. <sighs> Whatever. Fine. He takes it and he starts smacking the ice because, you know, that's... That's smart. It's the smart stuff to do. The ice block magically rises from the ocean. And Aang and Appa are there. How dare you call him Aang? Sorry, I apologize. Aang. <laughs> we do have Appa as a CG creature, as well as Momo, who comes later. And they are voiced by Dee Bradley Baker, who did the sounds for them in the original TV show, which is nice. That's nice. We must mention nice things in the movie. We must be fair. However, the CGI for both of those characters is pretty rough. Appa looked like he belonged in the book where the wild things are. That didn't bother me as much. What bothered me is that at some point, I think towards the end of the movie, they have him like roar and you see his face and it looks terrible. And you're just like, no, go back to covering his face with all of his hair. That worked better for you. Don't show his face up close. But um, yes, we we meet our main character, our main squeeze, Ong, Ong, the Avatar. That's the thing too. Throughout this movie, they do change pronunciations, but for the most part, they keep them consistent, except for this one word, Avatar. They call it the Avatar. Which, if you're gonna change any pronunciation, that word would make the most sense because if the blue people avatar came out at the same time and obviously that blew up a lot you would want to sound differently so it it would make sense logically maybe if you wanted to change avatar to avatar but yeah all the other mispronunciations it literally just seems like oh I'm making a serious movie. I, I'm M. Night Shyamalan. I'm making a serious movie. So we have to have serious tones. And se- we gotta. Pr- we can't just say Aang. That just sounds so Americanized. This is... Meanwhile, half the cast is whitewashed. Like, what? I don't... Uh, it's so frustrating. M. Night, what happened? And he was like, oh, I made one good movie. And everyone thought it was the new Spielberg yeah, he made one good movie, and one okay movie. My brain exploded. <laughs> but our main character, Ong, is played by a young man named Noah Ringer. Now, uh, he was 13 years old at the time of the film's release. He was a black belt in Taekwondo, which uh, I believe endeared Shyamalan to him. However, he didn't have any prior acting experiences, so he had to take classes before he started shooting the movie. But um, he's not, I don't blame him because he's a child. <laughs> and again, he had no acting experience before this. And then Shyamalan decided to put him in a movie. Like, I don't, I, I, I can't blame him for that. But the kid was in Cowboys and Aliens after this in 2011. And then he just kind of disappeared. So 
Okay, let me just uh, let me break all that down. In my yes, head. please, please. That's all I got as far as fun, quote unquote, facts. <laughs> uh, the kid has two faces: constipated and awkward. That's all this kid has. That really is kind of a running theme with all the actors in this film. They either look confused, spaced out, or constipated all the time. And, I mean, forget it. When this trio who, in the past, when we talked about the TV show on our on Shoot the Flick, you know, we would refer to them as the trio supreme. But in this movie, they are just so stilted and have absolutely no chemistry with each other at all that it's just it comes off like when they're speaking to each other, it sounds like video game dialogue. Like there are awkward pauses and it's just so stilted and sad to watch. (laughs) The the other thing is like Sok and Katara are brother and sister. They're supposed to have like an existing relationship and you feel like these people never met each other before they started filming. Yeah, it's a real problem in the movie because you're supposed to care about these three. These are supposed to be your core three people. And you learn nothing about them. Even in the way they speak, they have the same tone the entire time. So when they are giving dialogue, there's no inflections. There's no change in emotions or tones. So you're just listening to them drone on forever about nothing. And then... You know, finally, when we get to the point where, okay, you know, Katara, Soka, and Ong are going to go on this magical mystery adventure to save different towns and villages from Fire Nation tyranny and blah, blah, blah. And that's where they really bond as a group and they have this really fun dynamic and they, you know, they become good friends and all this good stuff and you learn more about them as people. And they just completely gloss over that in this movie. It is covered in a maybe 60 second long montage of them just flying on Appa and like meeting people and shaking hands and that's it. Then you're instantly after that sequence supposed to believe that they're best buddies, but you don't care. <laughs> that's like M. Night, don't you know that you're, you should care about your characters? Don't you know that, dude? Yeah, I feel like you should, you know, but whatever. Fine. Okay. So, the light in the sky attracted the Fire Nation. And the Fire Nation is led by Prince Suko and General Iru. Iro. Iro, sorry. Yeah, Iro, Iro. What's the difference? Um, so, Iro is played by Sean Tao. He's a pretty well-known character actor he's one of those that guys when you see his face you recognize him right away but uh he's probably most well known for playing yinsen in iron man in the first iron man movie but dev patel plays zuko which i actually think is a good choice because dev patel is a great actor and he is literally the only person actually trying in this film now Dev Patel was coming off of Slumdog Millionaire in 2008, which obviously blew up, was Best Picture that year at the Oscars. It was his big break, but he had uh, auditioned for Zuko before that movie came out. So when he got the opportunity to do Zuko, he had already kind of blown up and at least as far as the kid actors was concerned, was by far the most famous. So I would assume in his mind and probably his agent's mind if they knew that this was going to be a dud at some point along the line, Dev or somebody in Dev's corner was like, listen, you just do your best. You do what you got to do. And hopefully the the hype of Slumdog will carry over after this. Well, I, I think the reason his team or whatever is like, let's do this movie. is As much as Slumdog was a Oscar darling, it's not a widely known property. Well, it was a pretty beloved... It's a beloved movie, but it's not a franchise. I get you. You're right. This is a more commercially... Viable. Yes. Viable franchise, film series, what have you. Yes. I mean, if this was a real effort to make an Avatar film, it could have skyrocketed his career even more and put him in the A-list, potentially, of actors at that time. But this is where we kind of get into the weird casting tea shit. So originally, 
Jesse McCartney was supposed to be Zuko. Oh, okay. he was cast, and allegedly he dropped out due to scheduling conflicts with his concert tour. Allegedly, now there are there are rumors and theories as to the real reason why he dropped out, and. If you want, Scott, I can I can get into the fucking tea right now. Okay, let's do it. Let's get into so, the tea. So, here's the shit, okay? You know me, okay? I love a good spot of tea. Yes, you do. So, Nicola Peltz, who plays Katara, who, by the way, this will be relevant for maybe next week's episode, but Nicola Peltz is married to Brooklyn Beckham, who is Victoria Beckham and David Beckham's son. And they are both filthy fucking rich. Nicola Peltz, uh, according to Shyamalan, was like his end-all be-all Katara. He like put all the eggs in the Nicola Peltz basket to be Katara. He was quoted as saying that he wouldn't do the movie without her. And then he hasn't felt this way about a kid actor since uh, fucking Haley Joel Osmond in Sixth Sense. She was, she was Katara in every sense of the word. Now, the T is... That Nicola Peltz's super rich billionaire daddy was owed a favor by Paramount. So that's why she was put in the movie, actually, to begin with. Which, I mean, considering she's not a great actor, <laughs> would make more sense to me. So Nicola Peltz is put in the movie for whatever reason, right? And we have to build the cast of the family around her, which is why Soka is white and the grandma is white. And everyone else is not. <laughs> In the, in the Southern Water Tribe, right? We got that so far. So there is rumor and innuendo and thoughts and theories that this is the real reason why Jesse McCartney dropped out as Zuko. Because if Jesse McCartney had done Zuko, then literally all of the principal cast would have been white in this fucking Avatar The Last Airbender movie. Which would make no fucking sense and be really, really terrible. So the theory is that Jesse McCartney was let go because hashtag airbender too white and Dev Patel replaced him. The film, because of this weird casting bullshit, received a lot of criticism for its ethnic and racial inaccuracies and whitewashing and all that stuff. I mean, Aang is supposed to be Buddhist and based on Tibetan monks, you know, that whole thing. And then Katara and Sokka, like we said, are supposed to be Inuit. And then the Fire Nation is supposed to be Japanese. We didn't really need as many white people as we had. We had even more white people, too. We had uh, another water tribe guy who's like a pretty important character towards the end. Just He looked like Kevin McNally, almost. Like, just the whitest white guy you could find. It's like, really? Like, can we not... <laughs> No, what we want is you to have a diverse cast when the cast was already diverse in the show. And Shyamalan himself was born in India. He is of Indian descent, so you would think that it would make sense. I mean, granted, most of his movies are starring just plain old white people. I mean, and that's fine. But, like, in this particular movie... Like, I, I don't know. With this movie, I would think that this is an opportunity for you to advance that representation. And it's so easy because the the people that you're basing these characters on are, are not white people. So it's like, just cast, it doesn't make sense. Because of Nicola Peltz? Yeah. You couldn't have put her in another fucking Nickelodeon movie, dude? Put her in fucking, I don't know fucking harriet the spy four whatever the fuck like you really need to okay like just stick to the races in the tv show or at least a semblance of them if one or two change okay fine but like these are just stupid things that you sit there and you're like why did we make this decision yeah i mean there are also reports that m night wanted to cast actors more matching the cartoon but Kathleen Kennedy who was one of the producers on the movie pushed for more white actors for marketability's sake Oh, Kathleen. and probably it also had to do with Nicola being white that would make sense because if her father was a billionaire and Paramount owed him a favor then yeah Kathleen Kennedy who obviously is also a white woman would have been like yeah 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 you know let's put her in there <laughs> oh Kathleen Kennedy so Zuko attacks the village, and we get another problem. So the Fire Nation 
can't create fire. They can only bend existing fire. All these other cultures that can, you know, move rocks from the ground, move water and ice from the ground that's all around them, keep losing to a group of people who, if there's no fire around them, are basically useless. How did this nation take over the world? It doesn't make sense. So Zuko is in the village looking for the Avatar. Why he's looking for the Avatar, it's kind of explained sometimes in a throwaway thing, but not really well. Well, that's the thing, too. Any exposition that's explained in this movie, it seems like Shyamalan is trying to find unique ways to give exposition, but it seems like he thinks that an interesting way of giving exposition is a character explaining things to a random character that you see once and then goes away and is never seen again. Like, like later on in the movie, Zuko explains to a random child from some village, like why Zuko is the way he is. And he's supposed to have a really terrible burn on his face, obviously from the show. It's like a little scar on the side. And most of the time it's in shadow. So you don't even really see it all this 150 bajillion dollars you couldn't have like you know given him some actual like ouchy burn face no okay but he's the villain so uh, I don't, okay well look at like Dante Bosco Dante Bosco anytime he comes out for like an avatar like convention or stuff and you see him on camera he's always got the Zuko like makeup yeah. on uh-huh. like and it looks good like why can't you just do that with Dev Patel? Yeah, I don't get that, really. I mean, I guess their explanation would be like they didn't want to scare the kids off. But I, I feel like Avatar, the TV show... Is a kid's show. It is a kid's show, but what I'm saying is it, it definitely showed that kids can handle more than adults generally think that they can. You know what I mean? Yeah. There were a lot of serious themes in the TV show. A lot of serious things that happened i mean they killed a kid at one point in the tv show even though they never said it but they killed the kid they fucking drown a guy in this fucking movie oh yeah they just drown a motherfucker in front of the children and his dead body flops onto the ground oh yeah that's our that's our like one of our last images of this fucking movie it's very strange the tone of the film in general but anyway yeah we get you know fucking Sokka with his constipated ass look we get Ong with his boring ass fucking I am the Avatar dialogue. And then Katara's like, oh, you are the Avatar? What's your name? After they've been traveling f- together for God knows how long. Yeah. it's a- Well, first of all, she says his name in the narration right before. Yeah. And then they cut to the next scene and she's asking him his name. It's not, I'm like, it's just general basic editing skills. Like, you, no one caught that? Okay. And then uh, we get old white exposition lady, a.k.a. the grandma, explaining that the Avatar will save us all. And, oh, but she calls it the Avatar. She does. She calls it Avatar. S- several times throughout the movie, certain people say Avatar, and then they'll switch to Avatar. No one knows what the fuck they're doing in this movie. No one. Not one person. Uh, but Aang escapes the fire. Ang escapes the fire nation, <laughs> being saved by Katara and Sokka. The other th- big thing is there is zero humor in this entire fucking movie. No, it's really upsetting. the The show Avatar: The Last Airbender is funny. Yeah, particularly Sokka. Sokka is such a funny and endearing character, and. It's just so sad. It makes me really sad. Like, imagine if they did, like, the cactus juice scene. If they did another movie and they had this Soka drinking cactus juice with Momo and, like, they did that whole bit with this guy. This fucking, like, cardboard slab of a person. Like, drink cactus juice. It'll quench you. Nothing's quenchier. So, are you the Avatar Ong? Imagine how sad that would be and lifeless. It's just so 
weird. Like, there's only one moment that even got, like, a moderate little chuckle out of me. And it's in the very beginning of the movie where they first find Appa. And Appa, like, swats his tail at Sokka. Oh, yeah. That's, like, a... That's a Sokka thing that would happen. And he's like, he's eating me! (laughs) Yeah. It it was, like, a little cute. But, Uh, yeah, it's just... He's so serious the whole time. Like, it... It comes off weirdly enough. I'm gonna make a Disney reference right now. It comes off like you know in uh, Pocahontas, the Disney movie. Yes. Where they have the the guy Kokolum who yes. Pocahontas is supposed to marry, and they're, they're like, "Oh, he's so serious," and he doesn't say a fucking word. He just stands there like stoic for no fucking reason and has absolutely no use in the story whatsoever. It's like that. It's that bad. He's just there. Yep. And any personality or any connections that he has with other characters is explained to us by narration. Not even from him, but from Katara. So it's like, what are we doing? Like, there's no chemistry between any of them. It's funny because Katara is basically our main character without being our main character. She's our narrator. She's Right. Like- well, she talks the most, certainly. And uh. like... Yeah, like maybe three quarters of the way through the movie when I realized what was happening, I was like, they're making a war movie. They're making a Nickelodeon war movie, which, you know, get a fucking hundred kids in a room and ask, do you want a war movie? You know, like just a straight up war drama with like, you know, all these little minute fucking little battle strategy details that don't fucking matter and are boring and make you want to claw your eyes out. Do you want that? Uh, they'll all cry and scream at you and tell you to go fuck yourself. All these little kids. Just fuck yourself. No, we want the funny. We want Momo and Sokka and we want Aang making funny jokes. And being a goofball because that was his charm. But no, there's no charm in this at all. So we go to one, uh, Aang's last air temple where he finds all the people dead. Oh yes, this was supposed to be a very emotional scene where now, he's crying and screaming and shit. He even has like a little bit of spittle that comes out. Poor fucking Noah Ringer. And uh, it was like, it's not like, you know, like how in dr- really dramatic movies were like, you know, oh, I'm so upset. He's just spit. You know what I mean? It's not like that. It's like he tripped over his words because he was so nervous and a little bit of spittle came out. And I'm like, in my head, just no, you're not going to do a second take? Nope. Cut? No? Okay. Yeah. No, keep going. The sure. O- this, the is, other this is good. The other issue is this is supposed to be our first shot of the Avatar state. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. And the Avatar state is a huge thing in the show. Right. And we basically cut away from it to go to the spirit world. And the spirit world... I didn't mind the spirit world. It's fine. Like, visually, it was nice. Uh, I don't know. It's it's just him walking through a forest. And it's cloudy. I was less offended by that, I guess. It's just... It's nothing in this movie is harsh enough to really offend me just because it's so nothing it's just it's just watching paint dry for two hours it's boring as fuck but yes uh so we must continue our journey oh what's can we talk about the earthbender shit now (sighs) yes we're at the earthbender thing is nonsensical so in the original show in the original show earthbenders are captured just like in this show but they're put on a ship taking them away from Earth. They take these earthbenders and our our crew to a prison that's on land. It's so terrible. It's just like a little camp on the side of like the fucking who gives a fuck. It's like literally nowhere. They're in a camp, tents and all, and they're like, oh no, we are earthbenders and we are held captive by the fire nation. Oh no, but look at all this mud and dirt and rocks around us. Whatever will we do? And then Aang, Ong, whatever, gets up there and just makes a like rousing four second speech. He basically steals Katara's speech from the show. Right, from the show, which is actually like good. Um, But no, he... Noah Ringer gets up there like he's a fucking, you know, middle schooler in a production of Oklahoma Junior. And he gets up there and talks about how strong the Earthbenders are. You can do it. You can do it. Look, you're on the Earth, you dumb fucks. Now fight. And then we get this fight scene, which is more like just a 
fucking like five minute demonstration of tai chi well it's even like so choreography the, these, question mark these six earthbenders do this like almost like a haku it seems you're like oh cool they're gonna do something really big but like one rock moves it's very strange it's like why and the fight quote-unquote is over in like two fucking seconds so it's like why couldn't you have done that before like you didn't need any like they literally kicked the fire nation guys out like Sokka literally kicks one in the ass as they run away i'm like what the fuck what is this and then we proceed to montage through like them kicking ass it's just so that's what it's just they're just people they're just people that are there standing in nothing and doing nothing and celebrating their nothingness by being bland bland and nothing nothing and bland <laughs> everything hurts oh god we didn't need to convert this to 3d oh yes we of course we did no 3d is the the groove 3d is the jive 3d is the jam of the 2010s hollywood i'm, I'm gonna tell you this now i hope you know, Hollywood people are listening. You know the thing we never need again? We do not need and will never need a 3D movie ever again. I don't know. No, never. I because don't you know, know what? 3D never looks right. It never pops from the screen like it's coming at you. But what about the shark in Jaws 3D, Scott? Yes, the crashing it through the like glass. It looks like it crashes yeah. through the glass and it's coming to eat you. <laughs> Just it's coming to eat you, Scott. Or the popcorn that pops in Friday the Thirteenth Part Three. It's coming to pop you, Scott. Never again. Just don't do it. But wait, but uh, Angie's he's bending the air and it's coming at you. It's coming, baby. <laughs> it's coming to get you. Oh God. So, Ang decides. Oh, I gotta go to the other air temple and go commune with the spirit world again. You go, girl. Go talk to your dragon man. <sighs> Why is Roku a dragon? We Sing don't know. Sing us a song of the dragon man. S I'm dead inside. <laughs> Sing us the breath weapon tonight. <laughs> what? <coughs> We're all in the mood for some scales. What was the second thing you said? No, breath weapon. He, they breathe fire. Oh, is that what we're... Okay. That's, that's what, the that's term you want to use? Breath weapon? <laughs> 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 okay. D&D, &D, baby. Sure, 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 sure. Um, this isn't D&D. &D. This is Avatar. I'm bitch. sure there's a D&D &D set in Avatar. In this universe where it's live action and shitty and whitewashed? <laughs> sure. Okay. <laughs> Everyone so, just talks at each other for 20 minutes each, like every turn. Oh, yeah, so Aang gets captured because, you know, he gets betrayed by a random monk of the Air Temple. This leads to the whole Blue Spirit stuff, which is cool in the show. It, they did it well in here. I feel like this part was okay. The only thing I had a problem with, with the Blue Spirit stuff in this movie was that when they had the Blue Spirit enter, they had him walk as if he was, like, an actual fucking demon. And it's like, okay... I get you want to build up like a mystery of like who this person is, but he's a, he, you know, it's a person. So you don't have to have the person walk like it's a fucking demon out of a fucking like conjuring movie. You can just have the person walk normally. And um, for the people that watch the show, we know it's fucking Zuko. So why, why is Zuko walking like that? Why is Zuko walking like he's, in a horror movie and Mr. it's clearly not Dev Patel also <laughs> when yeah, he's in the mask that's also true but yeah he helps the avatar escape there's a fight scene it's whatever uh they do the, the thing where like oh don't kill the avatar because he'll just be reborn what I didn't like also about the fight scene is that Aang slash Ong just left Zuko to fight all of these guys by himself while he goes off to some like little rock temple-y area to play CGI airbender with like maybe like five of them. 
and meanwhile, he's got like an army out there that Zuko's fighting by himself. It's just like, okay, I get you're playing CGI games, but th- this Zuko's out there. But Zuko gets away. Zuko s- pretends to like hold the sword to Aang's neck and back away. He gets hit with an arrow. Aang causes a fog to drop, takes Zuko away, and just leaves him lying down in the woods somewhere. So, but we do get to meet our Fire Lord. This is, yeah, I want to talk about this because it's bullshit and I was mad. They show his face. The big bad of the whole series that is like this mysterious, evilest of evil Fire Lord Ozai's, they show his fucking face. What? Maybe the second or third time we see the character or hear the character, yeah. they show his face and he's played by Cliff Curtis. Who ironically was in Avatar 2. He played the water daddy in Avatar 2. That's right, he did. So I'm guessing he vastly preferred being part of that Avatar movie as opposed to this one. But um, also the character of Fire Lord Ozai in this movie is not intimidating really at all. Nope. Uh, neither is Asif Manvi for that matter. Nope. Like none of them are intimidating. You could say maybe Iro, Iro, Iro is intimidating a little bit. He's got his one moment at the end. Yeah, but even that is underwhelming. So he's probably the most. And then, yeah, Dev Patel, while he does do the best acting job, he's not intimidating because he's Zuko and he's more like a petulant kid. It's like, I want my dad to love me, so I'm going to catch the Avatar. Oh, excuse me, the Avatar. Restore my honor. So, yeah, it just goes back to Scott's point where it's like, how did these fucking Fire Nation dipshits take over the world like i don't understand how this happened but okay (laughs) (sighs) so our crew finally gets to the northern water temple finally we are here after this hour and 20 minutes or hour 30 minutes has gone by of excruciatingly detailed war strategies and right before we get to the water temple here Katara gives another like bullshit narration about like oh we're all best friends now and when we got to the water temple Sokka and Yue who's the princess oh they became good friends so quickly and now only- and now look they're in love see see they're in love Scott do you see it I see it do you are I- you sure they're in love I see it because all over because Katara said so exactly well she doesn't even say they're in love she said they, they became good friends it's so ridiculous like it hurts my body but not only that so the first shot we get of our crew walking up the stairs oh god <laughs> we get a back shot of Princess Yue and I know this has been pointed out by everybody but you're going to point it out again because, because you're a boy and you like to make penis jokes. <laughs> well, not a, well, yes, I do like to make penis jokes, but still. Her Go hair ahead, make make your dick joke. Her hair looks like a penis. Why? Why am night? But did you did you want just her hair to make everyone think it's just filled with cum? Perhaps there was studio interference regarding the penis hair. Did you want to make everyone think <laughs> Did you want everyone to think of the Little Mermaid box cover? Perhaps Kathleen Kennedy came in. <laughs> and said there's not enough dick here. There's not enough dick hair. We need more dick hair. And the, the costume people thought she meant like the hair, like UA's hair, but she really meant like she wanted to see Dev Patel's junk or something. Oh, yeah. She's, I don't know. You know, I'm just trying to make it make sense. Sokka still perpetually looks like he is constipated and speaks in a curt and monotoned timber. And it's really annoying. Well, when you look at Sokka and Yue in the show, like it's cute. It's it's very cute. They they connect really easy. Sokka asks her if she's, you know, doing any activities later. Activities? It's endearing, it's lovely, all things that this movie is not. And and it's funny because when they have interactions together, they do the same shot every time. They do a close-up shot of the two of them talking together in hushed tones and just forever. Like th- because they speak so quietly to each other and because they speak so monotone, you can't even you don't really register what they're saying at all. Like, I have no idea what they were talking about whenever they were on screen together. Nobody cares. 
well exactly by this point nobody cares because we just want the movie to end as soon as we got here i was like oh great you is gonna be the moon soon which means this movie's almost over great but she does say it at one point like oh the moon spirit gave me life and like that like gets dropped here but our friend carolina who was here who was drunkenly watching the film with us also drunkenly uh she said that this girl was a bland mixture of ariana grande and zendaya which made me laugh because like yeah yeah oh so I mean, she's, she's also she's sleeping with spongebob a big old nothing burger oh no oh no scott don't don't ignite the ariana stands we don't want to get canceled uh sleeping with spongebob gross oh another nickelodeon star ah. see it all comes back to nickelodeon can we end the movie now? So the Fire Nation attacks. Oh, it's a thing that the, it says in the beginning of the thing, of the show. The fire, everything was fine till the Fire Nation attacked. <laughs> Commander Zhao sucks. Asif. Asif Manvi, how could you? Uh, Why did you think you could do this? Katara and Zuko have a fight in the city. Zuko wins easily because Katara is dumb. Yeah, I was actually looking forward to that because I remember when we watched it in the TV show, I was like, ooh, whoa, a little vague sexual tension between Katara and Zuko, you know? But by that point, I didn't give a fuck. I just wanted the movie to be over, and also I don't know anything about these characters. So there, it's a big nothing burger, as is the rest of this movie. So I'm like, yay, let's just end this misery. Zuko steals Aang, Aang escapes, Katara freezes Zuko, basically leaving him to die. Yeah, and then Aang saves him, and he, as he's walking out, he's like, you know, we could be friends. And I'm like, okay, th- that, you know, this whole thing is a lot more powerful in the show. It's shockingly, I know, but like, you can't stop it. At this point, I was like, just, I was tapping out. I was like doodling in my book. I was like, I I can't take much more of this. How am I supposed to care? And then the thing that sucks is the water tribe guy who runs the temple. Even he's boring as fuck because in the in the show, he's supposed to be like actually an interesting and compelling. Like he's supposed to cause a real conflict in the show because he's a sexist fuck that's training Aang in waterbending, but he refuses to train katara and then katara proves him wrong because she's a badass bitch but we don't get any of that because fuck it he's not even fucking like he's some white guy that's boring as fuck not kevin mcnally over there (laughs) pretending he's he's worth something who the fuck are you dude and then something happens with the fishies yes uh zhao kills the moon spirit who is a koi fish dude you're not intimidating you're not intimidating Asim Manvi. And then Iroh shoots f- fire out of his hands because apparently Iroh is one of the few firebenders who can create his own fire. Also Iroh doing his firepower. It was really epic in the show and just kind of underwhelming here. He like spurts out two little streams of fire and he like does a, you know, a typical angry scream. It, it just didn't hit, bro. It didn't hit. Sorry. It's too late. It's too late. It's too late to apologize. That came out probably around this time, right? Yeah, somewhere there. Who cares? I'm so dead inside. Yue sacrifices herself, gives her life for the moon spirit to live, and creates a giant wave, and the Fire Nation just flees. Yeah, it's weird that, like, they went out of their way to not kill anybody in the movie, but then at the last minute, they decide they're going to kill Asif Bonvi. It's yeah, very strange. But not any of our main characters kill Asif. No, Four. some random fucking guys just come in off the side and just decide to fucking drown this fool. <laughs> and you're like, well, that's a thing. It was very weird and out of place, like most of the things in this movie. So it's like par for the course at this point. So- like. The, the the way that this movie just systematically grinded us down and it, thank god we were drinking yeah we like it, it had helped alleviate and help loosen things up we were making jokes for a good while and then it got to a certain point and we just had no more jokes we had no more joy inside of us we had nothing to give so Yue gave her life to the moon 
Moon save. Sokka, very sad. He cried. He cried. Yes. He showed an emotion. He cried. It's too late. It's too late, Sokka, Soka, whatever your fucking name is. It's too late to apologize. It's too late to cry for your moon girlfriend. That's rough, buddy. It's pretty rough, buddy. <laughs> ah, can we end this now? I'm so dead. Our I'm last dead. I'm deceased. So I guess I said our last shot of the movie is everyone bowing to Aang. Aang bows to the camera. And oh my god! Like, like so flamboyantly, like so we and he holds. They hold on it for like ever. It seems like he's losing balance almost. He's losing balance, and he looks like he needs to poop really, really badly. And that is Avatar: The Last Airbender. It's terrible. I really, I didn't even rate it last night when we watched it. I didn't even have the fucking energy to pick up my phone and turn fucking letterboxed on and rate it. Well, what would you rate it now? Negative 10. <laughs> what do you have it rated? I think I have it rated as half a star just because I can't go any lower. Uh, yeah, that's probably what I'll do as well. Like Half a star. It's got to be one of the worst, if not the worst movie we've ever watched on this show. Because the bad movies that we've watched on the show before, and we've watched plenty. I mean, we've watched fucking Theodore Rex, for God's sake. And that made me want to explode my own brain. But at least some of these movies that are really bad have something like, oh, this is such a dumb concept, like you can hang your hat on it. Like Theodore Rex, for example, has a buddy cop movie with a dinosaur and Whoopi Goldberg. It's insane. You can hang your hat on insanity. This is a bad adaptation, a bad script. Yeah. Oh, my God, the script. I didn't even... So, like, there's one point where they're doing, like, the... I mean, again, as I mentioned before, it's all comes off very much like video game dialogue like just the intonation in which they speak and the pauses that they like just it's very strange but there's one particular point that like broke me and my friend it was so insane so there's another close-up moment between Sokka and Yue and they're talking like you don't have to do this you don't have to be the moon oh I have to be the moon the moon saved my life and now I'm gonna save the moon whatever the fuck and she goes fucking Yue said I wrote it down i need to show that we believe our beliefs are stronger than their beliefs but three beliefs in one sentence do you know how to write m night Shyamalan? like where where do you write where where do you go to write like you could have just gone i need to show that our beliefs are stronger than theirs done D- the end it hurts my brain to think of it's so oh my god anyway continue babe i'm sorry it's I'm okay. so sorry to have interrupted you it's okay please save us from this misery uh, uh yes yeah, so as i was saying bad script bad acting except dev patel except for dev patel and even dev patel like dev patel's trying but there's so much bad around him and the script he is given is so poor that even he... He's doing his best. He's doing his best. But even he can't save what is given to him. So it's just like, there is nothing you can go, oh yeah, let me hang my hat on that. Yeah, I mean, even with us drinking, I thought it would be an easier go with someone else there. Just another, you know, another voice to like buffer the crazy off of and be able to make jokes with back and forth and the alcohol I thought would loosen things. And then it did, it did help us get through it, but it didn't make it tolerable, which is what I was hoping would happen. It, it, it Nothing could make it tolerable. Nothing could make it good. It didn't make it so bad. It's good. It just made it terrible. Indeed. But that is Avatar, the last airbender, the movie. And it's something I advise you never to watch. Yeah, I do too. I mean, my God, just watch the TV show. It's so accessible. Watch anything else. Watch Theodore Rex. Oh, let's not go crazy. Watch anything. Watch Steel. Oh, God, stop it. Stop recommending terrible things to people. I'm recommending things that are better than this. Well, next week, we are going to continue with our, our final entry into Bad Movie Month. And uh, it's my turn to show Scott a bad movie. And I can guarantee that the movie that we're going to watch next week is a million times better than this movie. So, yeah. Stay tuned for that. God, shoot me.
no, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Strike me. You're going to watch the movie. Uh, you got to watch the movie, Scott. Do I have to? Yes, you do. Uh, so um, make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Shoot the Flick and check out all of our episodes on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, and iHeartRadio and pretty much anywhere else you can find a podcast. Please recover from this episode and go watch some Avatar The Last Airbender, the TV show, and feel free to listen to our reviews of that as well. And uh, come back next week for our pop music girl power movie adventure let's go enjoy some cactus juice oh yeah i i need some cactus juice right now for sure and maybe my cabbages no cabbages in this movie a travesty a travesty indeed 